Hello, this is Jim Reynolds, and you are on the Ultimate Mission Christian Life Empowerment Podcast. I am here today with Todd Pasco, an attorney in the Portland area, and today we are going to talk to him about reaching people for Jesus that are incarcerated in our prison system. So, Todd, it's good to have you here this morning. Thank you for, for coming on to the Ultimate Mission Podcast, and how are you doing this morning? Uh, doing well. It's good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, good, good. Hey, I want to start out a little bit about telling people, you know, letting you tell people just a little bit about yourself and who you are. So I'm a lawyer uh, who primarily does criminal defense and family law in Vancouver, Washington, a suburb of Portland. And um, I'm the son of a minister, and I've got ministers uh, higher up the family tree. So it comes rather natural for me to want to... uh, spread the word of God to people. And uh, in my first job out of law school, they made a bright line rule after a few years that I could not uh, talk to inmates about God. So I started my own business mm-hmm. uh, and it took about another four years. So I had a young man who came from a tough, tough background and uh, he was charged with attempted murder and he was one of more, my more serious cases. And so I wrote him uh, letters and uh, stayed in touch with him. Uh, and from that experience, which was very positive for both of us, uh, I just expanded it uh, probably 2011 and started offering to uh, most of my clients, not everyone, but most, hey, do you believe in God? They, they do, or they're open to it in some way. Hey, would you like to get Bible study letters? And so then I started sending those and they've uh, evolved now to well, I've never stopped because I really enjoy doing it, and uh, I think it's really good for the uh, individuals to know that someone out here cares about them in there. So that's that's cool. I mean, you are you're a lawyer. You you you're a criminal defense attorney, correct? Correct. Yeah. So then you you get these cases and you take these cases to court and the ones you win, of course, I mean, you know, all I know about criminal defense attorneys is what I see on TV. I mean, I don't, fortunately, I've never had to be in a trial myself. But um, so if you win one, you don't have to worry about it. But if you lose one, I guess you have somebody you can send Bible studies to. And, That's uh, true. And, and, and the winning, um, as Fred Shura said, win together today, walk together forever. Uh, so when you win uh, with someone, you have an inroad into their life. And, uh, you know, about 95% of cases don't go to trial. Uh, and those end in what's called plea bargains. Uh, and so they take the discount. They say, well, I could get this and I'm going to take this. And they take it and they go to jail. Or if you lose with them at trial, they go to jail for a lo- or prison for a longer period of time. Uh, and just generally, I would say 95% of the people I offer, Hey, would you like to get Bible study letters? Say yes. Uh, and once they say yes to that, uh, it is an extremely rare. I could count on one hand, the number of people who've said, ah, I've had enough. Thanks. No more. Mm. It's really a blessing. Okay. So, hey, and, and I didn't mean to say, hey, you're losing all these cases so you got in Bible studies. The, a lot of these are plea bargains. And so that's, sure. yeah, I understand that. So, so, so you say 95% of the people that you, that you talk to once, once they take this plea bargain or, you know, God forbid they lose a, you lose a case, they go to jail. They, uh, they 95% are saying, yes, I would like to have these Bible studies. So, so what exactly are you sending them when you send them a 
whatever you're sending. So what I send them is a, it's 10 sheets of paper, or five sheets of paper, double-sided. So it's 10 pages. Uh, the first two pages are a letter. Uh, it's a personal letter from me, but in that sense, it's the same personal letter to every one of the inmates each week get the same letter. Uh, and generally, I will do my best to transcribe the sermon that I heard that week. Um, and then probably at the end of that, I'll put, you know, a personal sentence or a paragraph uh, just about my week. Uh, and then here recently, I've been enclosing a COVID dashboard like you'd see on John Hopkins, mm -hmm. uh, a little one that could fit in a letter so they can see how COVID's progressing. And then following that, uh, with COVID especially, uh, I use the text, you know, death, where is your staying or, or a different text that's um, uplifting. Yeah, very good. So, I mean, right now during the coronavirus, you're, are, are you getting sermons or are you getting them online? I mean, because your church is closed down, I'm imagining. Yeah, so I particularly like uh, Dwight Nelson's sermons. He, he just started a series on uh, America Apocalypse. But in essence, uh, it's whatever sermon I hear that week. Uh, and so it can... Vera, I've sent in high school students uh, there at Meadowglade, the church I attend. They have high school students once a month to preach, and I send in their sermons. So it's just basically whoever I hear that week. Uh, occasionally a sermon won't be appropriate for sending in, in my opinion. But it's not because the preacher wasn't inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's just I don't think that's going to hit the inmates right. And so I might send a personal letter that week, one of my life journal uh, studies or uh, you know, find it, listen to a second sermon a week. It's not going to kill me. So this isn't just going down to the local Christian book center and buying a Bible study and putting it in the mail for people. You, you're actually sitting down and putting time and effort and thought. I mean, this seems like a lot of work, Todd. It's a labor of love and it's not that much work. It probably takes me a total of two hours in an entire week uh, to do. But why I have, uh, greater ability perhaps to do it uh, at the volume I do is because I have a staff who, and I own my own business because uh, I walked away from that first firm to start my own. So no one tells me how to spend my money or my time and my staff helps. Uh, they indulge me and they copy all the Bible study letter content and put the stamps on the envelopes and mail them. So <laughs> that's wonderful. So you're getting your, your whole group involved in it. I mean, and is all your staff Christians or do they know why and, and how and what you're doing in this? So generally, yes. One of, one of my staff is not Christian, um, but he's not asked to participate in them. Uh, mm. and, uh, the paralegal is Christian and she's happy to do it and, uh, enjoy some of the positive feedback we get from, uh, inmates, but generally, yeah, I mean, we're not a Christian firm per se, but we're owned by a Christian who likes to share Jesus and <laughs> love with people, and so I do. Oh man, that that sounds that's just fantastic! You're getting the whole a whole team behind you doing this, and so now have what what about these people? Once that you've sent these studies to them, and and do you continue visiting them in jail? Do you do you get correspondence back from these people? So, actually, visit visiting them in jail um, pre 
conviction. Uh, I visit them in the county jail, uh, and that's also pre-COVID. Since COVID, I don't go into the jail so much. But um, yes, we get correspondence back. Um, and then it's almost like old home week. I mean, I've been gone into jail once, and I had an inmate from like nine years before who I'd corresponded with uh, recognized me and said, hey, here's a group of inmates. Hey, Mr. Pasco. Um, and then I was able to start up his Bible study letters again. No, praise so, God. Yeah. So, but I'll give you a, a sample. Uh, this is a March 18, 2020 letter I received. It said, I've just completed my weekly Bible study and the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego has really increased my faith and outlook on the state of our world. So that's from a individual who, you know, received a strike offense and had something bad. Here's a second one from June of this year. I'm writing a thank you for all the letters and Bible studies you sent every week. I will be going to work release this week. So I felt I should write and tell you that I am prepared. Uh, skipping down to the end of the letter, he says, so again, thank you. And as always aim high, right? And that's a reference to, uh, Terry Johnson's uh, beautiful book by that title, Aim High. Mm -hmm. And this year was the first year I sent him. That was the first book I ever sent in installments to the inmates. And they clearly uh, loved the continuation of that book. And they've read the entire book. Any who, you know, chose to read the contents of their letters for the week. Now I'm sending one about Desmond Doss. Um, cool. So, yeah. 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 That, well, that's wonderful. And, now, being a preacher's kid and, and growing up, because I, well, I know your father, as I mentioned before, you, me and your dad has, has worked for several years together in, in different projects and he supports the ultimate mission. Uh, he's, he's a wonderful supporter of ours, but, uh, being a preacher's kid, you've probably, you probably never had to go to jail yourself, right? Have you, have you ever been to a part where you got arrested and you had to go to jail? Do you, do you know what it's like from the other side of this? Well, you know, I think God prepares us all um, for our life's work. And so, yeah, I have been arrested. Um, but my arrest was, the one I got handcuffed on was false. Um, and I was just speeding and got pulled over and detained and handcuffed. And, um, you know, there's criminal trespass back there. Yeah. Um, where I got cited and that's criminal and, you know, I had to get a lawyer and stuff. So just... You know, reckless driving as a youth, um, my Miranda warnings read to me appropriately and um, a break given to me by an officer. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I've had a limited personal experience. I'm sure my parents would prefer I had less of that experience. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's, it helps me, you know, better relate to my clients that I have been there and know kind of what they're feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I was going to say, I, I have been arrested once and and I actually had to go into jail, and it was on a uh, bench warrant because I didn't. I, I had gotten a ticket. I was. I think I was seventeen. I had gotten a ticket, and then um, I decided to move to California with some friends. And then that didn't work out. So months later, I moved back. I have this bench warrant. I'm in the back of somebody's car, and that car gets pulled over, and he takes all our ID, which I don't even know if that's legal, but he did, and uh, and I get thrown in jail for four hours. And I tell you what, that was, that, that was all it took for me to decide that this is not a place I wanted to be. Um, not that I cleaned up my act, but for the grace of God, I could still be in there, but thank God I, 
oh, I never got caught. Uh, <laughs> some of the stuff I did and, oh man. But, but yeah, so, you know, I know, I mean, just that four hours was, was, was really intense. And, and I've, I've know people that have been in prison and, and, and so I, I know that feeling a little bit, not being there for days, but I know that people are in a different frame of mind when they're in jail or in prison. What do you think um, puts these people in that state of mind there, where they're willing to, to listen to a Bible story or, or study or read a book where on the outside, they, they wouldn't have, you know, they, they wouldn't maybe giving you the time of day. Well, I don't think it's a coincidence in Matthew 25 that Jesus picks um, strangers and the sick uh, and uh, the prisoners, uh, the thirsty, the hungry, as the group of people who are more receptive. So I found in my own life, you know, you hear better. I hear God better in a valley than I do on a mountaintop. On a mountaintop, there's a lot of wind of self-praise and congratulation that you're there, even though you try to give glory to God. But in the valley... You recognize your need and they've got time. I mean, just frankly, having that much time and getting mail from the outside. I've had a few inmates over the years say yours were the only letters I got. Well, that's someone who's lonely Uh, to have a letter come in once a week and be, you know, know that someone out there cares. You're going to read the letter. And and I have to be honest, I, I presume that not every letter I send in gets read. But at the end of the day, I don't doubt it gets handed off. I think very few would just get tossed. So I think it gets handed off and another inmate gets blessed from it. And I receive letters from prisoners that I've never met. And I receive phone calls uh, asking for legal help. And uh, one of my favorites is, I mean, just to share, is one. It was like a vehicular homicide. I was able to look it up online after we talked and the guy called me and he was already in prison somewhere and I don't do appeals work. And we talked for like three to five minutes. And in this time, I, you know, talked to him about God and said, would you like to receive these letters? And he said, yes. And he's been receiving them ever since. Mm. Well, praise God. I, you know, I, I had a, a niece that was in prison and she was in there for a while. And I was, I was really trying to figure out how to get things into her. And, and I know I called, oh boy, I, I called a couple of prison ministries, directors and tried to get involved with people in different parts of the country. I think she was down in Florida and, and I really never could get anything going. It, it just seems tough. And, and she was begging for stuff. I know another young man that was in prison and, and he wanted a Bible. And I called the church in that area and said, Hey, is there any way you could get them a Bible? And, and I couldn't get anybody to respond. So, so I mean, what you're doing is, is something that I know is needed that people really want. Um, how do you, how do you get involved in something like this? If you were somebody like me, say that say, oh, okay, I would, I've got some members of my family in prison, or I would, I have this desire to help people that are in prison. I mean, where do you get started in something like that? Uh, the, best and safest way to do it would be just contact the facility that they're in uh, and ask them to send you their guidelines. But as a practical matter, uh, the reason it's hard to get Bibles in or books in, they always have to be paperback, is because they have to come from the publisher. They can't come from a private individual. I can't even send them in. Um, And that's because people will literally soak the 
pages in methamphetamine or something, and then they'll, you know, smoke the flail mail when it comes in there or eat it or whatever to get high. So mm. keep the guards from having to deal with that. It has to come from the publishing house. Uh, I'm not sure if Amazon work. I presume it does. Uh, and then the other way with letters, I mean, you could literally go online. Most counties have their jails uh, rosters right online. So you could do Broward County, Florida, type it in, ask for the jail roster, pull it up, maybe see the pictures, certainly see what the people are charged with, uh, see their names and choose to write them. And like cold writing, and, you know, you don't do it for the response back. Uh, but if you sent out 10 letters, I would suspect you'd probably get a letter back. And whether you did or you didn't, you'd know 10 people's lives were touched. Mm. So you can just do that. But I will say, and this is super important, uh, these are not every inmate is created equal. And if you're just cold call fishing, I would not uh, use your address. Certainly use your name is my opinion, but get a PO box or, uh, you know, if you have a business, use your business address, something like that. And it's not because I think they're dangerous, but even when I've represented them, um, it's the very rare client who crosses over and actually comes into my personal house. In 20 years, I've probably had three or four clients in my house. Mm -hmm. uh, and beyond that, though, you can still maintain relationships. I've gone out to Pizza, a guy come from, you know, prison that was a recipient of letters, comes from prison. I'm the person he calls. Hey, can you pick me up at the train station? I did. We went to pizza. He came to church for a few weeks. Uh, he called me from uh, jail, told me there was bad uh, drugs out on the street, was shot by police and killed a week later. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, in that sense, I see this is a person I had, you know, an ongoing relationship, I would say, for five or six years with. And he ended up dead, but he ended up closer to Christ and having that opportunity. So. Wow. And and maybe not having that opportunity if you weren't there, Todd. And so that's, that's very special because, you know, the eternal life is the life here is, is important, but eternal life is wow. I mean, you can't, can't hardly measure that. So yes. that's, yes, that's, so an, true. that, that's an amazing story. And, and giving that man, that, that ability to, to find Jesus, because really what we're trying to do is just help people find that relationship with Jesus, pull that curtain up so people can see who God really is. And, and most people, and, and a lot of people in jail or anywhere else uh, that, that haven't had the, the background that you and I have both had, because I was raised a Christian too. I wasn't a, a preacher's kid, but my dad was a literature evangelist for a while. And, and uh, basically a Bible worker. And so I, I had that upbringing. And unfortunately, I, I walked away from it for a while and for about 26 years, but, but that foundation brought me back. But there's so many people out there that don't have that, that gift that we were given as kids, Todd. I mean, our parents gave us such an incredible gift uh, to, to give us that foundation of knowing who God really is. 
And so, yeah, I really commend what you're doing and showing people this. So you're saying if somebody, and now I know that the Adventist Church has a prison ministries program. You can probably, and I haven't looked into this. I wish I would have before this conversation, but you can probably call up the Oregon Conference and ask them about their prison ministries and, and probably get involved in that way too. Do you know anything about um, how the, the conferences do the prison ministries? Have you looked into that? Um, I know that uh, the North Pacific Union Conference uh, has a gentleman, uh, Byron Doolin, Mm -hmm. who has been instrumental in prison ministries. And uh, if he if you contacted him, I'm sure he'd be only too glad to share with you what he knows or his experience. So, yeah, I do know that people go into. into the prisons themselves and visit with the inmates. That takes a fair bit of clearance and background checks and the like, but a little patience and uh, true desire to do it. And you'll have that opportunity to meet face to face with them, which is very rewarding. Mm, yeah. So, and I, I imagine now in the coronavirus time of coronavirus, there would be more um, zoom meetings or something instead of face to face meetings, or are they still doing face to face meetings? Uh, for I don't know about uh, prison ministries. For lawyers, we are allowed face-to-face meetings with them, but out of self-protection, I choose to do mine by cell phone. The day inmates call me, and we talk that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, Todd, what are you know? What what are some of the best? I mean, you told us a couple good stories here. What what are some other really good stories that you might have of people that you've connected with that that you've you felt that God has worked in their lives? Absolutely. I will uh, give you three, and I'll start with the most recent and then end with my two favorites. Uh, The most recent was a young lady who um, was in jail, not for very long, uh, and but she developed uh, cancer while she was in there, or at least needed to go to the doctor, and it turned out to be cancer. And as I was working through that with her mom, Her mom told me, she said, I prayed to God uh, that he would put Christian people across my daughter's path. And you're an answer to prayer. Uh, And so that was touching to me. Mm. Uh, And, you know, you could pray for that young lady. I don't want to give her name because she is. um, Well, I'll just pray for Jacqueline. Okay. Uh, So that's um, that's one. Uh, Then. Uh, another couple, uh, I think of the man who um, I represented on a couple DUIs. Uh, I have to candidly say I'm not even sure he was ever a, a recipient of Bible study letters. Uh, but in the course of time, I've maintained a friendship with him. We've gone to lunch together. Uh, he's been sober for a number of years, uh, baptized uh, the whole nine yards. And uh, he's a friend. He calls me a brother. I consider him a brother. Uh, so we're close. And then there's uh, my favorite one um, down through time was the father of uh, he's probably in his 30s. Uh, and he was the father of two special needs children. One of them passed uh, in January of that year. In May of that year, he got arrested, put in jail. Uh, and everyone has a story and everyone needs compassion. But that story about the uh, disabled children uh, really touched my heart, uh, and he happened to like hockey, which was a uh, a benefit for me too. So we connected, and he got the best deal 
he was facing three strike offenses. He got the best deal that any client of mine has ever gotten. Mm. Um, a zero day offer on a, a serious case. Uh, and then we've gone to trial on his first case. Uh, and that first case uh, was a hung jury. Uh, the, the jury couldn't decide whether he had or hadn't done the crime. Uh, so then the prosecutor came back, gave him misdemeanor offer. Uh, he was released uh, from jail. Um, like, I think on the Friday night that a prophecy seminar at my church was not my church, but the church I attended was starting. He missed the Friday night. He went to all the rest of the prophecy seminar. Uh, he was baptized. He attended church with us for a year. He came to a Super Bowl party at our house. I was just in Southern California for celebrating this last uh, Christmas, New Year's with my family. Uh, and on the way to a hockey game, uh, he met us there in Anaheim and uh, we went to dinner together. And But that friendship, uh, my investigator is Christian, I'm Christian, uh, and we sat on the front row and watched him get baptized. And since 2013, uh, when that all went down, he has been faithful and he has emulated my Bible study letters. He doesn't say that he's emulating them, so, but he does send weekly and it's every Sabbath, uh, text to the, like a Bible text, right. a visually represented Bible text to myself uh, and the investigator. And when he initially got out and he may still do this, he had like 30 people, his, his circle that he was sending to. And I happen to be on a list you know, with the investigator and myself. And so the four of us, my wife's also on that list. The four of us get those texts every week and we stay in touch once a week. That way, if it's only to say happy Sabbath or thank you, or, you know, hope things are going well for you in Tennessee now. But that's, he. in fact, this morning he sent me uh, a quote by C.S. Lewis. So he sent it two days in a row. Um, and it was an incredible quote, quote by C.S. Lewis and just a blessing in my life. So just to see a client blessing my life, it's a neat thing. Appreciate so much what you're doing, Todd. And, and, but you know, one last thing I want to ask you is, is it sounds like with your staff and everything that you've got this pretty well handled, but is there a way that, that somebody can, can help what you're doing, can uh, contribute to what you're doing? I mean, do you need help or, or would you just like to send people out to do this themselves? It would bring my heart joy for uh, individuals to uh, take up this and do it themselves. Uh, you are correct that we um, have the ability to send more letters. So, if someone's uncomfortable doing it themselves and wanted to, I guess, pay the postage for, uh, you know, tell me here, send 10 more letters and here's the list of people in Broward County, Florida jail or wherever it is you want to touch. Uh, would you send it to these 10 or these two or this, you know, my aunt or uncle who's in jail? Yeah, we'd be happy to add them to the list um, and uh, send those too. All right, Todd, you got one more story for us? Yeah, another one. Um, there's a synergy amongst the clients that can develop, and uh, they use they have Bible studies. Uh, some of the women get in groups and sing. Uh, but I've mentioned a couple of deaths before, and deaths somehow magnify uh, the significance of um, these connections that we make. And so in this situation, we had 
two of my clients in a Bible study group together with several other men. Uh, and the leader uh, was one of my clients and they called him preacher man. Uh, and so he'd get my Bible study letters and he'd sit around and he'd, he'd have um, hold court, so to speak. Uh, and so these five gentlemen sent me uh, a card that they had made. And one of the gentlemen was like six, five, 240 pounds, really muscular, really big guy in jail. And they used his hands as the template for that card they sent me. And they all signed it and said something nice uh, and mailed it to me, which I thought mm, was nice. Yeah. So probably a few months later, um, maybe even a year later, uh, Derek, the preacher man, called me and said, did you hear Aaron Jones died? And that was the gentleman uh, whose big hands were used. Mm. He died in a fiery crash. But the day before he died, Aaron was talking to Derek on the phone and told him he was happy and he was sober. Uh, and I read about it in the newspaper. Uh, and despite a life marred with uh, some drug choices, there never came anything in the newspaper to suggest that uh, drugs or alcohol were at all involved in that wreck. It seemed more to be just speed. Uh, and so that was um, sad that the man died, but uh, neat to think that he'd been studying the Bible in the last year of his life. And the day before he died, he was happy and sober. Oh, praise God. Praise God. You know, I've I've got a friend of mine from church that that, that got sober in jail. And, and, and he stayed sober ever since. And, and it's just amazing with the gentleman you're talking about. It'll be, it'll be so amazing when we get into heaven and we, we see that, that these people that, that God has worked through us to touch are there. And wow, I mean, that, that is storing up your treasure in heaven. That to me is how you store up your treasure in heaven. So Todd, thank you for, for being part of this program and, um, again, you say that if, if people would like to send you a name or a list of names, you would be willing to send letters to their friends, their relatives, or people that they've come across that are in prison. So if anybody would like to send me uh, some information on that, I will be happy to relay that to Todd and we will get things worked out. Absolutely. So- so there is another way that people can get involved. So um, thank you very much for being part of this program. And thank you all for listening to us today. And um, keep praying for these people that Todd are working with in prison. Pe- keep paying, praying for the people that are in prisons right now. Uh, there is a lot of people that need Jesus. And keep them in your prayers. Keep us in your prayers. And we will see you again very soon. God bless and goodbye.